with the second selection from the Ontario Hockey League's Guelph Storm, Drew Doughty. Now, as we go along today, you're going to you're see listening a to all the, the Kings men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. However, the views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Happy Drew Doughty's birthday, you guys. Uh, we've got a birthday-centric episode for you today because we are talking to Jessica Abel from ZodiacHockey.com. This episode, we're going to be focusing on astrology. Now, you'll hear me say it in my conversation with Jessica, but I want to repeat it here. I am not a strong believer, uh, you guys. In fact, I would say I'm fairly skeptical, but I love people that love hockey, and I'm always fascinated to see how fans interact with the sport that we all love. So, keeping an open mind, and honestly, I think we had a fascinating conversation. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. We're definitely going to be revisiting this topic in the future. Before we get to it, of course, I'm going to ask you all to subscribe to the podcast. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. Now, here's more podcast. Joining me now from ZodiacHockey.com, Jessica Abel. How are you doing today, Jessica? I'm great. Thank you. Now, I want to, I've, I've spoken to you about this two or three times, but now I want to say it at the top of the interview officially. Um, I am a uh, astrology skeptic uh, at, on, on my best day. Um, so I will try and be respectful, but I was fascinated when I, when I found out that ZodiacHockey.com existed. Um, so just a real quick synopsis. What is ZodiacHockey.com? Um, Zodiac Hockey right now, it's a uh, blog site where we just sort of take a look at uh, the current NHL and what teams are doing, how they're performing, different players based off of their astrological charts. So we look at not just their sun sign, but their entire charts, and we take a look at the chemistry against each other, their rosters, their lines, as well as the matchups that they're having against you know the other teams and seeing how their astrological chemistry um, manifests on the ice. We use astrology sort of as a, a litmus around less, you know, how their stats are doing, but more how their mental and, and psychological game might be on any given night. We specifically look at what's happening in the sky. So, you know, the moon is moving all the time. And so in astrology, uh, just because you're born with a certain chart doesn't mean, you know, that's how you perform every single night. One of the reasons that hockey is so exciting is that you know, it's very dynamic and the moon will influence how you might perform on any given night. So we take a look at all those different trends and try to predict outcomes and, and players' performances. Uh, like I said at the top, I am a skeptic, but when I f heard, when I first read <laughs> the website ZodiacHockey.com, I, I confess, I sort of rolled my eyes and I thought, oh man, somebody's got themselves, <laughs> you know, like a little blog. And I clicked on the link and when I found the website, I was completely blown away. I was really impressed with, um, with the dedication and the professionalism. And I and I do think it is a brilliant idea and a fun, if nothing else, a fun alternative way to look at hockey. And I mean, that's as hockey fans, that's all I think any of us really want is is more interesting perspectives on the game that we all passionately follow. So, uh, Jessica, how did you become a hockey fan? What's your history with the sport? Um, well, you know, I'm not Canadian, and um, <laughs> I didn't grow up in the Midwest. I'm a Pacific Northwesterner, and um, it wasn't until I, into my 20s 
I moved to Oregon and uh, <clears throat> we have a WHL team, the Winterhawks, Portland mm-hmm. Winterhawks. And it was either, okay, you know, drop 150 bucks to see the, the Portland Trailblazers or we could spend 30 bucks and have a great time seeing a Winterhawks game. And we just, you know, poor and dumb, we started going to Winterhawks games. And it was just a blast. We had to see this just young talent and the energy of the games. I just fell in love with the sport uh, in my 20s. And really just as a fan, you know, I, I, I don't, I didn't grow up playing it or any of that. I just started watching it and just appreciating sort of the, the artistry of the sport. And then as I got older and traveled for business, I started going to NHL games and the Kings, of course, being on the West coast um, was my first NHL game. It was really exciting. And I've just been hooked from there. I think most of the people I talk to, it's going to that first live game that gets you hooked. And that's definitely what happened to me. Um, yeah. I think a lot of Kings fans can probably relate to what you're saying, given that most of us didn't. I mean, I, I actually happen to be from Canada, but that's neither here nor there. But I think most I think most Southern Californians probably are not from the Midwest or Canada um, and probably came to the sport in a similar way. You, you mentioned the Kings. Did you have a, a favorite King early on in your fandom? No, you know, I just sort of loved the sport. I was sort of kind of, I'm an Aquarius, so it, even though you're a non-believer, <laughs> we're, we're not really conformists. I don't fall in love with any team. I just love the sport, so I'm happy for whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. But I can appreciate, you know, every different player. So, you know, no. I do. I'm a big Jonathan Quick fan because he's an Aquarius and he's quirky and weird, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Most goalies de- definitely quirky would, uh, would apply yeah. to them. Um, so, so you become an, you, so you fall in love with the Portland Winterhawks, which incidentally, I have, I have been to a Winterhawks game recently, a ton of fun. Um, you find the NHL, uh, at what point do you decide to blend, uh, astrology and hockey? Um, you know, my career, my background has been in, uh, producing content in the astrology sector for a while. And I've worked with many like amazing professional astrologers and, uh, as sort of my shtick, I would hang out with my friends, go to win hockey games. And I, you know, I have a lot of beer league friends here in Portland and we would watch hockey. And I always have this little shtick where like, Oh yeah, that's happening. You know, he's playing this way cause it's a full moon and he's a Leo. And they were always like, Oh my God, that's so funny. You know, you're so crazy. And a lot of the guys that played my friends that were playing in, you know, just small leagues were like, you know, we're so superstitious. I'm going to go into a game. We have to do everything this way or that way. And they like, tell me what's going to happen for me. And, you know, so I started just kind of, it was my thing. I was the, the sort of horoscope hockey chick. And um, <laughs> it was funny. I mean, you got to start a blog. You got to start blogging about this. So I just kind of did it as a hobby. And now it's sort of taken on this new life. And I'm really enjoying it. And I'm actually finding that it is quite meaningful. There's just sort of this, you know, over stats analysis. Everyone's trying to figure out the mathematical formula. And I'm sitting here going, well, you know, if you can just take a look at what's happening in the skies and, the person there's a person you know these aren't machines they're people so that's i sort of fell in love with it and the blog's just kind of going along we'll see where it goes but it's a lot of fun well there's a quote uh i want to say it's from the uh assistant general manager of the florida panthers or or maybe it was a head coach i can't honestly don't remember and i should know this but a, a quote from out of the florida panthers um organization recently uh basically saying that you know we even the the sort of most ardent statistical analysts frequently are just making stuff up after the fact, you know, events happen and we want to have these complicated, you know, mathematical explanations for how it happened at the end of the day. um, Nobody really knows (laughs) what happens happens. So, uh, you know, 
you said it's it's fun and quirky and and like I said, I think it's a brilliant idea. Um, so let's talk about uh, the Kings real quick, uh, specifically Jonathan Quick. Before we did this, you asked me if there was any specific player uh, that I would want uh, a read on, and I mentioned Jonathan Quick because I think all Kings fans are very concerned with his health and when he may be returning. So what can you tell us about uh, Jonathan Quick's astrological uh, profile? Well, Jonathan Quick, like I said, his sun sign's in Aquarius, but he also um, has his Venus in Aquarius, which is a good thing. Um, that means that he's really congruent with his passion for the sport. He's very much a problem solver, futuristic person. So, with regards to healing and you know getting back on track, he's very determined that way, like mentally and intellectually. He's not really a sit around and feel sorry for himself type of person. However, he is has his Mars and Scorpio, which is one of the reasons why he ha- can have such incredibly stellar nights and then also maybe have some nights when he just implodes. Um, but because he has that Mars and Scorpio, some good transits are coming up. He actually is going to be getting back on track, but it's going to take longer. He's just more of a slow and a steady healer because he's going to do it and he wants to have it stick. But of course, you just never know. I mean, there's anything can happen physically. We can't predict any kind of outcome. But in terms of his his desire and his you know mm-hmm. approach to getting on the mend, he's definitely all about that. He's not a sit around and feel sorry for himself type of guy. But he is kind of a lone wolf, and he's like, I'm going to do it my way, and this is how we're going to do it. So even if a million people are telling him he needs to recover one way, he's going to do it his way, and, and that nobody's really going to argue with him about that. So that sounds but like- that's good for him. Well, good. I mean, that sounds like a mixed bag. Obviously, I think everybody would want him to be dedicated to getting back healthy, but always uh, can be dangerous when players do it on their own. You mentioned, uh, what did you say, Venus was in his... Uh, it was it's Aquarius. Yeah, and Mars was in his Scorpio. What, what, when you say um, a planet is in, and then you follow it up with a sign, what, what, what does that mean? I, I yeah, so when you're born at the time of your birth, and mm-hmm. again, we work off of the birth data that's publicly available. So, you know, unless we don't have this correct birth date, it could be totally <laughs> sure, off. But we're, sure. we, we're working off what we have, mm-hmm. and we don't have this exact birth time, which actually can influence it. But in terms of where the planets are at the time of birth, so there's a house system, which, you know, the 12 signs, and the planets rotate through them um, as they move. And everything in astrology is Earth-centric, so it's how the planets relate to Earth, not the sun, which a lot of people think is you know, everything rotates around the sun. Astrology is everything rotating conceptually around the earth. Um, so what we look at is where is the placement of Mars at the time that he was born, the day that he was born, and it happened to be in Scorpio. And so Mars is the planet of aggression and, and war and really how you perform on a given game night, your physicality of the game. And um, depending what's happening in the sky, if you have a Mars in Scorpio, you know, you could have just this incredible night or you could have a really crappy night. So uh, thank you for and catching then, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, so Jonathan Quick's born uh, January 21st. Um, I'm born yeah. March 18th. Would we have uh, a different house of Scorpio then for, for Mars to move in or out of? Yeah, definitely. And depending on, you know, the year and everything you're going to have. And then the time too, you'll have okay. everything will be different. And yeah. and how many different uh, bodies are there that can move through these houses? You mentioned Venus and Mars. Are there other uh, influences that can move through the houses? 
Absolutely. Every, we, it looked at every planet, including the sun and the moon. Okay. And so each planet kind of, you know, historically represents some different aspect of your personality and your temperament. Again, this, you know, this was one of the first sciences before it's been relegated now to more of a pseudoscience, but it's really an observational science that, you know, we use, we base as humans and scientists, early scientists, uh, this was used to sort of dictate you know, behavioral trends, you know, wartime trends, things like that, because we really just had the planets to track. We could see them, we could see their movements, particularly the moon too, because you could see the lunar cycles happening. You could see the tides moving. You could see the moon phases. Um, So this is how we sort of observationally kept our stats. You know, we would see what was happening and we'd write down, oh, here's what happened. And here's what these people did. And so this science was developed out of that. Um, but of course, since then, we've advanced our, our technology and things like that. And it is more of a behavioral science. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you said there's all the planets and the sun and the moon. Um, what what causes you to focus on uh, Venus and Mars in the case of Jonathan Quick? Are they the only ones that happen to be moving into um, houses that relate to uh, hockey? Or is it uh, just everything's doing everything, but these are the ones that actually... Uh, matter the most? I mean, I tend to look at Venus and Mars a lot. I also look at the moon because the moon is sort of your emotional temperament. Um, So if you have, and in his case, Jonathan Quick has a Gemini moon, which is kind of crazy and would mean that emotionally he is hot and cold. Like one minute he might be in a really great mood, the next minute he might just flip his temperament. Um, And that's more at the personal level. That does sound like Jonathan Quick though. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, in, in, in the personal level, you know, we look at that and you think, okay, maybe maybe that could be affecting his game tonight. Particularly, you might have heard of something called Mercury retrograde, which is a pretty popular mm-hmm. astrology phenomena. And uh, during periods like that, he'll have a really hard time kind of managing his emotional temperament during a game. Like he might just break a suit or just really snap. But it doesn't mean he's going to suck because what dictates his performance more is his Venus, which is the passion. You know, Venus is planet of love and whatever women, you know, you tend to think it's more your emotional temperament and how excited you can get. So if you have a Venus that's in a fire sign, like Sidney Crosby's just Leo overload, you know, he's just extremely passionate person. That's going to dominate a lot more of your, your gameplay. So Venus, we look at is how you're going to be performing that emotionally or your passion on the ice, your energy level. And then Mars is the planet of war. Everybody knows Mars is war, physicality, um, whether you're basically going to score. You know, we can look at you and say, okay, this guy's got the Scorpio in Mars. And tonight the moon happens to be in Scorpio. So they're doing this and he's going to do that. So you can kind of predict based off what, um, they, what their default temperament is, basically how they're born and what they're, default planet is and then you look at what's happening right now in the sky and you say this is what's going to happen and then you also look at you know the, the people they're playing so if you're looking at the other person well yeah but they're up against this really heavy fire team you know that's just loaded with this and they're not being affected by any of this stuff so they're probably going to win and that's kind of how we we look at it it's sort of hard to explain but no, that, maybe that makes sense. do you ever is there any application um as far as uh telling fans um what teams they should follow based on their, their birth profile. Is there any correlation between that or, or is it more just, Hey, thousands of people live in any given city. And so you might as well just root for the team that's geographically convenient. Oh, 
no, I think that's interesting. We haven't done that before. We definitely look at like which players you might have an affinity for mm-hmm. because for, for a certain example, you know, like you're Pisces. So, you know, you're a dreamer. You're going to root for the underdog. You're always going to love the guy, that, the comeback story, you know, the really charismatic type of player. Um, and then there's the kind of I'm a workhorse kind of Capricorns and Tauruses. They really love players that are just grinders, that just freaking physical and they work hard and, you know. So you, we can do stuff like that, you know. But at the same point, sun signs astrology is is as you know cheesy as it gets. It's twelve signs. I mean, we don't know that much about someone. But what's unique about what we're doing is we do look at the full chart of the players. There's so much more than you just being a Pisces. I mean, there's like we said, we look at all the planets in your chart, and that's what makes everybody so subtly different, and the team really different. The team chemistry. Um, I was looking at the Kings versus the Stanley Cup years, the 2012 mm-hmm. and 14, and sort of looking at the difference in the rosters between what we have right now and then. And there is a shift. I mean, there's definitely, you know, we have less water signs this year. And when you think about trades and you think about who, what you're doing, you're like, hey, you may not. I sit there and go, don't trade him, you know, not because of some stats, but because I'm like, oh, we really need this water sign. We're just going to become way too earth sign heavy and we're just gonna freaking never compete against the sharks what's, who what's, are the, water what's, the, what's the danger of having too many earth signs against too many water signs well so you know like right now the king's like 46 percent of their players on the current roster are earth signs which mm-hmm. are great earth signs are like the tauruses the virgos you know um, kopitar is like this heavy earth sign um but they're grinders they just really they go 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 but they really are kind of need a lot of direction. They're very in the box. They're, I play by the rule. I do this, I do that, I execute. But what they struggle with is when people aren't playing by the rules, they have a hard time going, oh, wait, you know, you're not playing fair. You know, they don't just kind of rise to the occasion and play off of anything goes hockey. Who, who, are, who you know, are the earth signs uh, on the Kings? Um, well, Kofi's really heavy Virgo, but he's mm-hmm. got some Leo, which is what gives him that ability to just be this superstar. He has zero water signs, so it makes him a little bit flat. Like, he, he doesn't have these, like, what I call sort of performance Viagra, where you just have a night where, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I mean, he'll have a night like that, but not like some players, where you're just like, this guy, he's hot and cold. Like, even right. Drew Daddy's a little hot and cold, you know. Um, but, you know, you've got Tyler Toffoli. He's a good, earthy guy. Although, he's got some Aries in the chart. I'm kind of scanning through here, but... Um, <laughs> You know, Matt Green and Kyle Clifford. I mean, they're just uh, go in and get it done kind of guys. And um, they're just not going to go nuts. Yeah, I mean, they will go nuts physically and, you know, go play like they learned how to play hockey. But are they going to come in and just go? I'm just playing out of my mind tonight. I'm just letting go of everything I know and I'm just going to play crazy. Um, And there's plays. Sharks do that quite a bit. Like Brent Burns, Pavelski, all those guys are heavy water and they just come in and they barrel over top of these structured Capricorns. Is uh, is Sagittarius a water sign? No, Sagittarius is a fire sign, which is great because Drew Dowdy's the only Sag on the team, and he's one of my favorites. But he's got Capricorn in Venus, a uh, Venus in Capricorn, and his Mercury as well. So he's got some good grinder. That's what makes him such a good physical player. But he's got uh, an Aries Moon and a Sag Sun, so he's got this nice mix of fire and Earth, which lets him be physical and kind of intimidating but his mars is in scorpio like uh, like quick too so he can have these incredible nights where like what the heck where did that come from that's awesome you know but he can also have nights where he's just not 
not able to get it in the net. He's trying, he's physical, but he just is not falling in place for him. It never would have occurred. I mean, obviously none of this would have ever occurred to me, but when you mentioned the, the, the percentage breakdown of the different uh, types of signs and what, what I believe there's what earth, fire, water, and air. Um, yeah. That's the sort of thing that I signed about at the top where I said, I think this is such a brilliant application of a pre-existing, um, I will, I will deign to call it science for now. Um, and, and, yeah. and, and hockey. Um, <clears throat> I'm reading on your site that, uh, Pisces, Leo's and Aries gravitate towards defense. Um, I'm curious why you think that is. I mean, I, I can see the explanation, but explain it uh, to the fans. Why, why those three, uh, tend to play defense more frequently. Well, I think, you know, fire signs are the passionate signs. So the Leo and the Aries are definitely going to come out strong. They even physically have a stronger presence, so they're generally more intimidating. If you have a lot of Leo in your chart or Aries, um, they really just have kind of a unapologetic personality, usually. Again, you don't have to be a Leo, but if you have a lot of Leo in your chart, particularly in Venus or Mars, um, then you can find that you could be extremely successful as a do-man because you're going to come out. Even if you're a really nice sign like a Libra, who have a Libra, they're so everyone win-win. But if you have a Libra with a Leo Mars, you're just going to kind of bait and switch and be one of these real sneaky defensemen. So in general, they're they're just good. They're all about being aggressive and fighting. The Pisces are interesting because Pisces are very moon. The moon rules Pisces. That's its natural sign. So every sign has a planet that is their home planet and Pisces is the moon. So what's great about it is like we talked about at the top, the moon moves every two and a half hours. It's moving into different degrees and through different signs. So what that means is if it's super influences Pisces, Pisces are very sensitive people, very, in tune, but also very big dreamers. Like they just have this capacity to just go all out. They can be sort of theatrical. A lot of them really love to go on and put on a show and be very entertaining. Um, and when they kind of take on characters, they're in character. So when they go out and play, like I'm thinking like a Brent Williams or somebody who's Pisces, you know, they're in it and they're just like, you know, they're out there, they're physically going for it. They're just, hey, tonight I'm a D-man, I'm going to go. And they're just fired up. But off ice, they're the nicest people ever. Pisces are by far the nicest, kindest, gentlest giant in of the Zodiac. But they can play any part you need them to be. So that's what makes them kind of good enforcers or D-mans because you say, hey, this is what you're doing. And when they're off the ice, it's, it's totally gone. So they're just playing a part. So that's really good. They don't take it personally. Like if you put a Capricorn out on B, he's going to be pissed and he's going to go back to the bench and he's going to stay pissed. He's going to get in a box and he's going to piss. But Pisces can just go, hey, no, I'm, this is what I do. This is my job. I'm out here. I'm, I'm in it. I'm doing this. And then they're off the ice and they're laughing and they're doing whatever. So that's why they tend to be very successful. Plus they get huge wind nights from all the moon, the lunar activity. Where the sun signs don't get all those boons, the Pisces will get these incredible nights where they can just perform out of their mind and their you know, standing ovation type of nights. I'm going to throw you a bit of a cur <laughs> curveball here. Um, there was a study done recently that showed that I think 36% of NHL players are born in uh, the first three months of the year uh, as compared to, I think, 14% in the last three months and then uh, the rest sort of split up evenly. I'm looking at the Kings breakdown. 30% of them are Capricorns, and that's uh, obviously uh, late December and, and most of January, correct? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we've yeah. got uh, Aquarius and Pisces, which I believe are 9% and another 9%. So you've got roughly 50% of the team falling into that category. Um, I'm curious if you have any idea why it might be more beneficial for players to be born in the first part of the year if they want to become NHL players. Well, you know, I think I've, I've read that study and a lot of people have talked about that. I mean, a lot of people say it's just due to the, the league, the juniors, the minors, you know, not as experienced as how you go up playing hockey, but there's all these cutoffs. So kids that are able to just happen to be born at that age end up being the age where they can enter hockey and play more competitively at a younger age. So there's a big argument that it just so happens the people with these birth dates end up getting into the NHL because they get earlier playing time in their youth. Um, seeing it as a trend now, even though for the Kings, you know, that is the case, more and more of these kind of new kids, the, you know, Patrick Williams, Austin Matthews, um, you know, Connor McDavid, well, Connor McDavid's a Capcorn, but, <laughs> you know, Matt Chetik, Chetik, or however you say that, but these guys are not on the earth side. They're all moving out later, and the game has kind of, is starting to shift. So this new sort of generation of players is shifting into more fire signs and aggressive. We got some Virgos out there. So there's not, I don't think there's any optimal time. Like the game is changing all the time. And back in the, you know, Wayne Gretzky was an Aquarius and, and you don't see a lot of Aquariuses anymore. I mean, you don't see a lot of them at his level. I mean, you see, and if you're trying to be the all-star, it's a different chart now than it was back then because the game is, is different. It's, twice the speed, twice the skill. You know, I mean, it's not better. It's just different. And um, that takes a different temperament. Kids are coming out with a different outlook. They're studying tape, you know, doing all this different stuff. And you can imagine from a personality standpoint, it takes a different type of player. So I don't, I don't think there's a perfect sign to be for hockey, but there is a, there are signs that are definitely better for different positions. And uh, it, it definitely helps to have a lot of fire in your chart in terms of if we're just looking at all-stars, you know, See, people that really take it to this level. I knew this was going to happen. We were going to start talking and I was going to have a million different questions that came up. Um, <laughs> have you done this uh, when it comes to international competitions, things like the World Cup or the Olympics? Um, we did do a lot. The World Cup this summer, we did a lot of that. It was fun because we got to see Jonathan Quick play. But, um yeah, we did that. That was a blast. We had a lot of good coverage there. Um, I, have, I have quite a few blog posts about it, but yeah, no, it's fun kind of looking at the team chemistry because that was particularly fun because these teams don't, they didn't play together, you know, mm-hmm. so you're just like putting together all these random personalities and saying, are they even going to get along? And uh, we did an interesting piece on Team USA and why, you know, when you looked at all those players together and their charts, it was so obvious why they couldn't find chemistry. Cause just like, you know, people look to astrology and say, Oh, I, I met this guy online. Are we compatible? You know, it's the same thing. You go, are these players compatible? Do they get along? Like there are signs that, and people with certain personalities that, just, you know, they're not going to click and there's signs that they meet and you're like, yeah, that totally makes sense. They're, they're just like reading each other's mind. And uh, I'd have to go back to our post on it, but I know team USA just didn't ha- have that. They had too many people that were either, you know, micromanaging or just didn't have the passion. And then you looked at team Canada and you're like, well, that this makes sense. They're just loaded with fire signs and sort of self auditing players. So it, it's definitely something fun that you can do when you look at teams that come together just for short bursts. 
how, how important uh, astrologically is a general manager or a coach as compared to the makeup of the team? Um, you don't know too much about the general manager's role, but a coach for sure. Um, we look at that a lot. And we just recently did a piece on um, the Panthers situation and, you know, when Patrick Wall, I mean, all these different coaches, it's just, just like, the worst job you ever, I couldn't imagine being a coach. The half-life is just so stressful. But I think that um, one of the things the organization is so quick to do is to let coaches go over, you know, just weird arguments. But when looking at hiring a coach, you definitely should look at their chart and you should look at the team roster. Um, because if you have, there are winningest coaches. I mean, Virgos and Aquarius's coaches tend to make, win the most Stanley Cups. I mean, it's just kind of statistically something we've been able to deduce. And there's some really obvious reasons, but if you look at those coaches, you can't say, well, just because he's a Virgo, he's going to take them to the, you know, the playoffs or they're going to actually win it. You have to look at, well, what's his roster? Because Virgos do really well coaching certain types of players. They're going to do really well with a really earth-heavy team. But are they going to do well with a bunch of water signs? No way. They can't. Yeah, that's like herding cats, and they don't have the temperament or patience for that. So we look a lot at, you know, the coach's chart and then match it with the roster. Not necessarily just, is he a good coach or bad coach? We look at what type of players are going to respond to this kind of coach. Now, today is uh, Drew Doughty's birthday. Um, so you did a piece very recently about uh, Drew Doughty, uh, asking what would Drew Doughty do? We talked a little bit about him earlier um, as far as his uh, being a, a fire sign. Um, what can you tell us about uh, Drew Doughty? Uh, and and what his birthday being today might uh, portend for the Kings' season coming up, or, or the rest of the season, I should say. Oh, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I have to run a whole chart and look at all the trends that's moving just for him, so I can't tell you how. Oh, he's I'm sorry, doing I should have I should have anticipated this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I can't tell you how he's going to do tonight. Or you know, I did actually look at for the rest of the month in December, looking ahead at some of the mm-hmm. games ahead. And there's definitely a few nights. I mean, they're going to be playing on a, a a full moon night, which against uh, Buffalo, which I think will be an incredible game um, because it's a full moon in Gemini, and there's some you know, there's just, I think it could be really interesting. Buffalo's so hot right now. So that'll be a fun game. But there are three games in December where uh, the moon is out of the sign. So there's these periods where the moon is in no sign at all. And I think that that, if anyone were to give me an audience to talk about that, but there's several times throughout the month where that happens. And on those nights is when game teams typically play completely out of character. And that's because, you know, water sign players are really struggling to find their group. And uh, lots of times like, what happened? You know, what, this side of this? And you're like, well, God, you know, it just happens. People aren't on their mental game. They're not, it's just not clicking. Like you go to work some days and you're just not feeling it. And that's essentially what's happening to certain teams and players and being able to match that up. So they have three of those coming up against Detroit and um, Columbus and Nashville. And those are going to be really interesting because the Kings, um, at home play really well on game nights like that, but they have kind of a hundred percent losing streak on uh, void of course nights where there's no sign in the moon. So I'm curious to see how they, they turn that around. They're also playing Edmonton, I think on a new moon, which is exciting because they actually, that's a great night for Scorpios. So if Jonathan Quick could somehow muster up the energy to be back, Drew Dowdy will play great that night. There'll be some really good performances that night for sure. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, 
before we started recording, uh, we briefly mentioned the fact that I am a Pisces, and uh, and and I said that at the uh, near the end of the conversation, I'd ask you, based on our conversation, what you think about my uh, Pisces rating. So now that we've had a brief conversation, uh, do I do I come off as a Pisces? Well, I think so. We didn't get to talk too much about you, but I think the fact that your undying devotion to the Lakers, I mean, to the Kings, so the Kings, regardless of these ups and downs that they have, you're a true Pisces. Anyone who can kind of hang with the team is definitely a dreamer. Um, so, yeah, I think you sort of fall into that bucket. And, and what about you? What does your personal sign say about um, your love of the sport and, and the creativity it took to come up with this idea? Well, I'm an Aquarius. I'm a double Aquarius with a Gemini rising, so I'm very. Uh, well, I'm going I'm to jump in. Well, how do you be? A, how do you be a double sign? Well, so you have a sun sign, which is you know what is when the day you're born. Then you also have a moon and a rising sign, and those are your three kind of primary signs. And your moon sign is sort of how you are emotionally, and then your rising sign is kind of what most people might how you project yourself, how people might guess what you are. But so those are your three baseline signs that most people should know. And I'll, I'll run yours after this. You can tell me your birth time, but um, that really is a better indicator of your personality, not necessarily how you play hockey, but just your personality. So I just very, very much an Aquarius and essentially Aquarians are creative uh, teacher thinking and, and just excited about what goes ahead. And we're kind of um, nonconformist. So we're not team loyalists. I love hockey. I love watching good games. I'll watch anybody and kind of, you know, as much as I'd love to get in the camp and say, I, you know, put on all the colored gear and face paint, I can never do that. I'm really just, like, excited to watch people do what they do best. And so that's why I think this is such a good fit for me right now. It's just kind of encouraging players. I mean, if, if every hockey player actually paid attention to their chart, they could have an amazing night because all you really need to know is, hey, by the way, tonight you're just going to have a hard time regulating your temper. So think about that before you go in but they don't so <laughs> you know right now we can just watch it unfold but it's exciting and uh the other thing we're doing too is we're looking to the daily fantasy side of things too i really like trying to predict at the individual level how players are going to perform and i just love looking forward to where the sport's going and, and stuff like that so that's me that's an aquarium well i'm going to try and embarrass you here for a moment um in our communications prior to setting up this interview, you expressed concern on multiple occasions that you might not be a suitable guest for a podcast or that it might not translate well. And I just want to tell you, you've been fantastic. Um, this was a great, a great conversation. I'm looking forward to having many more as the season goes on. Because as I said, I think this is a great idea, even if I don't necessarily subscribe um, wholeheartedly to the uh, to the ideas behind it. I think it's great. I think you're... I think the website's great. I think the uh, the commitment to it and the um, and the thoroughness with which you approach it is fantastic. So thank you very much for joining us, Jessica. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. And uh, we will absolutely have you on again soon. <laughs> so the website, Kingsfans, is ZodiacHockey.com. You can follow her on Twitter, at ZodiacHockey. Thanks for listening, Kingsfans. We will talk to you soon. <laughs>